everyone. My name is Marielle, and I'm the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. When you think of Japan, what comes to mind? Tokyo? Very kind people? Sushi? Fish? Mount Fuji? Kyoto? What if I told you that you can learn about all of these things and so much more? I am so excited to have on Miyuki, founder of Japan Experts and Japan Experts Podcast, based in, you guessed it, Japan. She enjoys helping international travelers create their own unique travel experiences throughout Japan to ensure that you feel safe, excited, and eager to travel throughout Japan with ease. Welcome, Yuki. Did I miss anything? No, perfect. Thank you so much for the introduction. Thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited to have you on. Japan is on my bucket list. So, personally, really excited to get on. I'm sure listeners are really excited to listen. But before we get into Japan experts, I'd love to know a little bit more of your background. Have you lived in other places, other jobs you've had? Just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about you. Sure, of course.、Um, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so glad to be here. So, I was born in Japan and raised in a totally monolingual environment before moving to the UK at the age of 18. So, since then, I have had、uh, immersive travel experiences in a few dozen countries and have worked in an international environment, first as a journalist and later as an in house communicator. After that, I started to work independently, helping companies with PR and communications projects, and working as a part time consultant to the local government promoting their destinations. So, I also passed a licensed guide exam to become a licensed guide and launched the Japan Experts Podcast. And my current mission is to help fellow travelers create their unique Japan travel experience. Wow, that's a great background. I love that you were born and raised in Japan, but also have left Japan to explore other areas of the world. I think England is a great place to go. And then, of course, coming back and having so much knowledge in marketing and PR and Also, of course, have wanting to help others. I guess what made you want to become a tour guide and help other people get involved in you know, going to Japan? As I mentioned, I had a bit of the immersive experiences in other countries. And my first,、um, like、my first immersive experience was in Italy, actually. And I made Italian friends when I was、um, living in Scotland and I visited their hometown, Potenza, in Italy, which is in the southern part of Italy. And at that time, my English level was still elementary and I was just able to make sentences using English words that I know. And of course, I didn't know any Italian, but I stayed at my friend's house for the whole time. And my friends invited me to meet and communicate with their family and friends and neighbors. And I didn't know,、um, just like they taught me the basic words and phrases. So I man- managed to interact with them using these words. So neither my English nor the Italian abilities were far from perfect, but we had a perfect time. So these, through these experiences, I've learned that even if we don't speak the same language, we can communicate with each other and learn from each other a lot. And that was 
the initial motivation that I wanted to um, create this sort of experiences um, in Japan and helping fellow travelers um, create these experiences in Japan. First of all, I love that you've learned English. I think English is one of the hardest languages to learn. And you speak it really well, considering you haven't known English, you know, your whole life, and it's really a second language to you. And that's such a motivation, right? Communication is so important. It's how you and I are able to do this podcast right now. So I love that we're communicating and talking and you just speak English really well too to help international travelers, right? So I I love that. And when it comes to Japan experts, talk me through, I guess, logistically. Now, do you call your tour guide business Japan experts as well as your podcast or do you separate that out with another name? I actually, um, my podcast name is Japan Expert. That's correct. But I'm still exploring some ideas for my program. And currently, the name is Japan Travel Essentials, but it may change in the future. So I, I kind of like keep it a little bit. <laughs> I haven't really decided. That's okay. I think. It's this idea that you're doing it, right? Just because you may not have all the back-end operations figured out, at least you're getting out there and putting something out there for somebody. So I commend you so much for that. When it comes to somebody working with you, right? Walk me through the process of, let's say I'm going to Japan with my husband. I'm interested in working with you and creating, let's say, a 10-day itinerary. What does that process look like from more or less start to finish? Sure. So... Currently, what I'm going, what I'm thinking about is to create a 30 day travel planning course. And that is, uh, the, that is, uh, what I provide all the essentials to help people plan their trip, uh, including a custom travel itinerary, as well as a bit of, um, preparation for the language barrier or the com- communication barriers they may face in Japan. So, um, so not only they have a, um, travel itinerary ready, but also they are mentally prepared for their adventure to Japan because I know, I know Japan is like, I, I believe that Japan is a great country for international visitors to, um, visit. But also I, having lived in the West, I understand there may be some confusions. They, they may be some, um, struggles at first because there are lots of new experiences which are very exciting but um might 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 give give people a little bit um worries sometimes so I try to help people with that too that's very understandable and I actually was kind of leading me into this question walk me through in terms of the logistical side of things like starting with documentation of if you're American or if you're in Europe, what visas do you need, if any? Um, talk me through what kind of accommodations people should stay, how to get around transportation-wise. Just a general overview so people can go into Japan feeling a little more – little excuse me, a little bit more knowledgeable on that. The people coming from most countries, if you are staying in Japan for up to 90 days, you don't need a visa to enter Japan. And what I usually recommend is um, to stay in Japan one, two, three weeks, um, which I believe is a good length um, for people to travel. And do do you know the, I'm not sure, like, have you been to Japan before? 
I never have, but I really want to go. It's definitely on my bucket list of places to go in my lifetime. Sure, sure. Okay, so the um, so people may have heard of the Tokyo and Kyoto, Osaka, maybe. Yes, I mean I have personally, but okay. I feel <laughs>、okay. I feel a lot of people know those places.、Um, but I actually, you know, speaking of this. Name me three to five cities that are not as well known that at least are easy to get to for a tourist to go travel. Sure.、Um, so basically, what I recommend is、uh, within this one to three weeks of the holiday,、um, the visit Tokyo and Kyoto and spend at least three days in each cities. And just to give a reference, Tokyo is based in the eastern part of Japan, and the Kyoto and Osaka are. Located in the western part of Japan, and the the easiest、um, public transport、uh, you can get for the long distance travel is red train service called the Shinkansen, and it takes about oh just over two hours to、um, travel between Tokyo and Kyoto. And the Tokyo is, as as you know, the the Japan's capital and it's a modern city. But the Kyoto, on the other hand, is a place where people、um, seek for the traditional、um, Japan、um, cultural experiences.、Um, for example, because it has been the capital for、uh, more than one、uh, thousand years. And what I recommend is that the not only because most people only visit these major cities,、um, Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, but、uh, what I recommend is to visit some of the、uh, more the local of the beaten、um, pass、uh, places,、um, such as the central、um, region, which is a great place because it's on the route.、Um, Between the eastern part of Japan and the western part of Japan, and that's actually where I'm currently based. Very interesting. And so, are you? Would you argue and say where you live? You're an hour from Tokyo and Kyoto. Um. Yes. Uh. So the bus, the bread train service. Uh. It takes about two hours. Uh. From where I live, but. Uh, my region, for example,、um, the Chubu,、uh, which is what it's called,、uh, mean, meaning、uh, central region of Japan, it has the biggest number of prefecture and the area facing the Japan Sea, the Pacific coastal area, and and the inland area are very different from each other. But generally speaking, they have a great nature. Countryside landscapes and the home of the samurai history. I'd love more people to、um, know about Japan so that they are more keen to find out more about these other regions as well, including the Chubu, the central region. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And I totally agree. I love to unlock, unlock hidden gems and unique places. Granted, look, people know touristy places. It's easier to travel to, especially internationally. But I do feel that if you're able to get into those smaller towns with unique stories and backgrounds and historical culture, I think that's wonderful and that's so important. I want to ask you something else, and it's something that I've come across when it comes to travel. So a lot of times in America and Western countries, you can find a lot of experiences on TripAdvisor and Airbnb and all these other places. But a lot of times, a lot of these tourism companies have their own website. They're on social media, and they're pretty consistent. And I've been to Southeast Asia a couple times, and what I've noticed is a lot of them are not really on social media. A lot of them kind of focus on TripAdvisor, and it feels a little bit harder to find experiences. Not impossible, 
but I find it's a little bit more difficult to look up unique experiences online. For anyone looking to go to Japan and look up unique experiences or things to do, what do you recommend the best way to go about that and to find and unlock these hidden experiences? Wow. Um, I have a... I don't know because I I think there are lots of resources um, promoting cultural experiences in Japan as well. I personally, because I, I don't know, because personally I live in Japan, so I tend to um, notice or tend to recognize all these um, promotional parts and the resources. So I'm just a little bit um, have a surprised that you fa- you find it that way <laughs> so <laughs> yeah not in a bad way because you can find stuff on TripAdvisor and Airbnb and those types of things but I always try to find when it comes to local experiences I try to look on like Instagram or Facebook and I try to really find these places and it seems to be a little difficult so I would tell anybody to work with somebody like you right who is immersed in there who knows the experiences which I guess leads me to another question what are some really unique experiences that anybody should do when going to Japan yeah one thing I if I may be able to add to my last comment is that there are lots of resources but what I found is that the challenge we have is that there are not many resources in English that international travelers can refer to like when getting know things like Japanese history, geographical features, cultural traditions in an easy to understand and helpful way that they can actually utilize what they have learned for their travel planning. And this is um, actually what I'm trying to achieve through my program because Japan is a very rich in history and culture and has great regional characteristics and features reflected in what travelers will experience like landscapes, weather, cultural activities, and local food. And I strongly believe that knowing this in advance will help people a lot in planning a trip to Japan so that they can narrow down their choices based on their area of interest. What oftentimes like people get information about each destination. So, for example, like when you visit a, visit a temple in Kyoto or when you're trying to research the information about a specific place, you'll get a description about the history of the temple or a history of the places you visit but but simply reading the description or without knowing the historical and the cultural context it will be difficult to understand the significance of the temple or, or the places you visit or the how this place can fit in the big picture of the Japanese history and how this place can be related to the next place you visit and how things your experiences is reflected into the Japanese cultural context. And that is uh, something that lots of travelers are eager to find out. And that's what I, that's exactly the things what I would love to provide um, to the people who are keen to visit Japan. You make a good point there. No, you do. And, you know, that's something I wanted to mention too, because when I do look on Japanese websites, it's mostly in Japan. Japanese. So I try to do the translate and sometimes the translate doesn't work or maybe the sentences just don't match up right or you have to kind of guess in between the lines. And so for you, I think it's so important 
you know, to have a resource, especially for English, which is more of a universal language, which I feel very lucky that that seems to be the case. Or honestly, listeners, if you're going to Japan, you just need Miyuki, right? You just need a Miyuki to take you around <laughs> and show you all these things. But back to my question before, I just would love to know, I guess, three to five local experiences that you think people should do when visiting Japan. Because I, I think a lot of people would love to know something underrated, right? Because I think a lot of people can assume touristy things, but I'd love to know some experiences that people should do that you wouldn't think to not do in Japan. There are lots of different types of cultural experiences in Japan. So it's really hard to choose uh, three to five. But I think staying at authentic um, accommodation, authentic Japanese accommodation would be a wonderful opportunity for people to um, get to experience the Japanese culture. Um, for example, uh, we have... Uh, Ryokan, um, which is a uh, um, Japanese inn with uh, onsen hot spring. And of course, um, you have uh, onsen, which is a public bath um, with some the hot water, um, including the, some minerals, and uh, which is a very uh, unique uh, Japanese experience. But at the same time, like sometimes like really good onsen is like an art museum. So, for example, when you enter the ryokan, what you will find is a Japanese flower arrangement called ikebane. And what you will get is a welcome Japanese tea service. And you will be um, greeted by the, the dedicated hostess, the okami-san or the nakai-san, and to, to get a bit of interaction with the Japanese people. Um, this will be a really unique experience. And also what you will get in the evening is a kaiseki course meal, um, which is uh, multiple um, small dishes um, from like with lots of different Japanese food um, from steam to grilled food to sashimi, as well as a bowl of rice, miso soup, Pickled vegetables, um, which is a traditional um, Japanese high-end kind of um, meals. And as well as uh, ryokan, there are a few unique Japanese authentic accommodation choices like temple lodging called shukubo. Uh, in, in the shukubo experience, for example, people can get to stay within the temple ground and in the morning people get can get to experience a morning service to the Buddhist altar um, along with other guests, um, which is a very rare experience. And what you will get in, um, in the evening, for example, for the meal is a uh, shojin yori cuisine, which doesn't include any meat or fish, um, just cooked uh, using vegetables and soybean product. And this will be a great experience for the guests as well, the people. I love that. First of all, I love the hot springs. I actually had a friend of mine do that in Japan a couple years ago, and he said it was one of the coolest things he's ever done, and he's a big traveler, so I believe him when he says that. But also, I love that unique experience of in the morning when it comes to that morning ritual ceremony. I actually did something like that in Luang Prabang, which is in Laos, for anybody who doesn't know. And every morning they had a whole ritual and ceremony with the Buddhists, and it was beautiful actually it was 
it, it, you took a moment of silence, but it was a really beautiful experience. It maybe was like 10, 15 minutes, not long, but it was really memorable and it was just really peaceful and nice. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Sure. I want to go into some words and phrases, right, to go to Japan. For anybody like myself who doesn't speak Japan Japanese or have any idea, what are some common phrases that you would recommend to a tourist or a traveler traveling to Japan to know? Whether it's like, hello, goodbye, thank you, where's the bathroom? Simple phrases and words like that. Um, that's a great question, actually. Um, so, you know, um, people might think like, hello in Japanese is konnichiwa, but we don't use konnichiwa often in our daily conversation, for example. The, the phrase we often use and the, if you want to learn just only one phrase before going to Japan, um, what I recommend is sumimasen. Uh, sumimasen. Yes. Or some people might say suimasen. Sumimasen or suimasen. It's the same thing. Um, basically what it means is, um, it's, it's a little bit tricky term, but it, it means excuse me or this, I'm sorry. It carries both meaning. So what, what it, what it does is, uh, uh attention grabber. So if you want to say, um, if you want to speak to somebody, like the first phrase we say is sumimasen. Um, it, it means like, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, but it also means, uh, hi, hello in, in, in some sense. So it's a really, um, useful phrase to remember. That's a good one. Sumimasen? Sumimasen. Sumimasen. Yes. Okay, I'm going to try to not forget that. So that's very helpful. I appreciate that. And I think knowing something, right, is better than nothing. And it's to me when I try to learn a language or learn a few words, I want to be respectful of the culture. And if I can learn even just a little bit, I think locals really appreciate that. So I'm really glad you shared that. Another thing I want to go into is customs and manners because I find I've been to Southeast Asia and there is a level of kindness and respect. And I remember going into temples and even people's homes where the first thing you did was take off your shoes, right? That was always the first thing we did. And so I'd love to know, are there any customs and manners that tourists and travelers should be aware of when going to Japan? Yes. Um, I, I feel there are small things depending on where you visit, um, regarding the customs and monies, but I feel um, everything comes down to what Japanese people care about um, or the Japanese values, such as a safety, cleanliness, and punctualities, punctuality, which are very important Japanese values. Um, for example, we take off shoes when entering buildings. Uh, we wash ourselves first before going into a public bus, and they are related to our cultural value on cleanliness. And if you are not sure about anything, my best advice is to observe and follow others. And that's what Japanese people would do when they don't know the appropriate behavior for the specific situation. That's very important, and I think... A lot of people do that subconsciously, you know, myself included. If I don't know something, I try to ask around or I see what other people are doing. So I think that's such a great tip. 
Um, I really appreciate that because again, we can all feel a little lost or worst case scenario, I guess, could you Google that? Like Google, if you don't know something (laughs) or maybe on your podcast, you recommend a few other customs and manners. Um, yes, I, yes, I, I've created a podcast episode about the myth busting, um, <laughs> like in the previous episode. And yeah, so some of the things I think, I think they are not as like people say, okay, top 10 do and don'ts in Japan, right? These articles can be found everywhere on the internet, but I think these customs and manners are not Sometimes they are um, important to Japanese people, but um, many many things are not as strict as you ha- you might think. And I just feel that because the Japanese people know that you are visiting Japan, and I, I don't want people to worry too much about these things. Um, yes. No. Totally understandable. And I think a lot of people like myself would appreciate that. I want to talk about Japan experts for a second with your podcast. I like that your podcasts are shorter episodes. It seems like from what I found, they're anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes, more or less. What made you even want to start a podcast talking about Japanese culture, customs, traditions, and I guess lifestyle, right? It seems to be that's the general uh, idea of your podcast. Sure, sure. So currently, um, my podcast, The Japan Expert, is purely focusing on the helping people planning and preparing for a trip to Japan. And But when I launched my podcast initially in 2020, uh, like just like I... Uh, it started as a interview style podcast. So where I interview experts, um, specialized in different aspects of Japanese culture. And I, I just felt that it may relate to what you mentioned earlier. Um, there are not many resources in English that explains the Japanese culture or on a deeper level in a way that uh, it's accessible and to many international travelers or international um, readers or the listeners. Um, So that's why I wanted to do a podcast and I wanted to share the stories and the the unique aspect of Japan and that was the initial motivation but now it has shifted and it's more focused on planning a trip to Japan. I love that. I think that's such a unique and niche kind of podcast and it really is so geared toward anybody wanting to travel to Japan. So if you're listening to this and thinking about Japan, definitely check out Japan Experts. That's really cool. I love the idea of it. Another question I have for you is for anybody who is on the fence about Japan, right? About traveling there and wanting to go. What are some reasons why that you would convince somebody to go to Japan for a vacation? This is a really great question. And I have so many things that I'd like to share. (laughs) But I feel that there are a few characteristics that set Japan apart from any other countries. As I mentioned earlier, like safety, cleanliness, and punctuality, these are the core Japanese values. 
And these are the, also the reasons why, could be the reasons why the people should really consider visiting Japan. So for example, the safety, the Japan is a very safe country, but it's not only that the crime rate is very low, but also you'd feel that you don't have to have a guard up all the time because you feel safe mentally. So for example, when you are traveling by bread train, you may notice people leaving their handbag or personal belongings on their seat when they, when they step away for a phone call or going to a bathroom. Or at a cafe, people may leave their laptop on a table. These are just a couple of examples of how safe you can feel in Japan. And the cleanliness, if I could share a bit of story about that. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> so, so people uh, coming from other countries would notice is how clean Japan is. Um, not only that, it's hard to find a rubbish bin or trash can because Japanese people usually bring them, them home. So this may not be so convenient for business, but it clearly tells how conscious Japanese people are about cleanliness in public spaces. And when you are at a restaurant, you will usually be given a wet towel to wipe your hands before your meal. So these days, disposable wet towels are more common, but you may get actual hand towels that are cold or hot depending on the season. So meaning in the summertime, the towels are cold so that people can cool down from the hot temperature outside. Or in the winter, the towels are usually warm because of the outside, because outside is cold. And the third reason is the punctuality. So Japanese people care very much about being punctual. So this is especially true to public transport systems like trains. So it's not all, it's not that the public transport systems are never late. They can be delayed due to the, some accident and technical issues, but otherwise it's very rare to experience the delays. So let me give you an example. So when, Traveling for a long distance in Japan, as I mentioned, the Shinkansen is a bread train service, which is recommended. Um, it has a nationwide network with nine different lines across Japan. But the one connects between Tokyo and Osaka is what's called the Tokaido Shinkansen. Uh, what happens is that every three to four minutes, the Tokaido Shinkansen leaves Tokyo Station. So you only have 12 minutes between when the Shinkansen arrives at the station and when it's departing again. So it usually takes about five minutes for passengers to get off and get on the Shinkansen. So it means you have only seven minutes to clean inside the carriage. So Shinkansen usually has 16 carriage and a couple of dozen people will do the cleaning. And as, as far as I was able to research, the cleaning had never affected the delays of the Shinkansen, meaning that the cleaning is always completed on time. And what I really like and feel very much about Japan is that these cleaning people line up on a platform when the cleaning is done and they bow to passengers. And I'd love people visiting Japan to see and experience Japanese culture's values like this. Wow. First of all, I the safety thing is so interesting to me. I had somebody on my podcast. Uh, it's He's James from Winging It Podcast. And he was telling me how he was in Japan and he left something on the train and he was so nervous about being stolen. And when he called to get it, they had everything for him and nobody took anything. 
So I definitely believe the safety factor in Japan that is truly amazing. Cleanliness, so important. I can't even imagine somewhere so clean. I feel living outside of New York, that's just not the case. I lived outside of there for many years. But also when it comes to that whole cleaning process, that's so fascinating. I I can't even imagine that, but I think that's incredible when it comes to just a testament to Japan and one of many, many reasons why you should visit. I have a couple more questions before we slowly wrap up. My first one is when it comes to supporting local, right? I feel I want to support local people to give back to the community. I feel when it's a ripple effect, right? Because if I, right, as a tourist, let's say I pay you, Miyuki, to help me with my experience, you are able to funnel that money through paying for your house or your rent. You're able to support local farmers markets or businesses near you. You're able to help other people, right? I feel in my heart that's one of the things I try to do, right? I'm not perfect, but I try. So when it comes to tourists or travelers looking to support local businesses and local people, what are some ways that they're able to do that? Yeah, sure. Uh, Of course. Um, Thank you for asking that. So I think the buying products or the using service, like the hiring a guide, would be a great um, um great way to help uh, locals in in Japan. But also um, in regards to planning, for example, um, the truth is uh, the major um, tourist attractions um, such as Kyoto, um, these places are already facing the challenges of the over-tourism. I like many people like want to visit these places uh, or the cities like Kyoto, Tokyo, Osaka, these places. But the lesser known places has their own charms too. And they are keen to have more international travelers to visit their region. So what one thing I would recommend and what I think the travelers can do is to visit these lesser known places. Um, these places you may not know right now, but uh, you may enjoy better than the landmarks everyone goes to. So like by um, choosing places uh, like carefree would help the destinations in Japan and the locals in Japan too. And one other thing, if I could add, is that like many people want to visit Japan like during the busy seasons, high seasons, um, which is the autumn leaf season and the cherry blossom seasons in spring. And but if Japan has a unique characteristics um, throughout the year and it has uh, four distinct seasons. And what I recommend is to try to visit um, different times of the year as well, like if you are flexible. And by doing that, um, it will um, save your time, energy and cost. At the same time, it will help the locals in these destinations because the, if the number of tourists are spread around, they are more sustainable. The, it, it, it's true to the local guides too. Um, it can do that more the sustainable business. I would highly recommend um, people to plan their trips um, better and carefree. And that's also the reason why I wanted to start this business and help people realize the, the benefits and unique um, characteristics of other seasons or the other places that people may not know um, currently. 
That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And to your point, you're right. I think a lot of people assume go the touristy time. That's the best time to go. And if you're able to get an off season or a different time, one, it's just probably a little bit cheaper, but there's also probably plenty to do as well. So I love that hot tip and I love that you're starting this business because of that. I think that's amazing. And really have two more questions. Sure. My first one, I want to bring up food because I'm a foodie and I love to talk about food. Naturally, people think – when I think of Japanese food, I think of, of course, sushi. But I also think of a lot of fresh fish. Um, I think of rice. I think of vegetables. So I'd love to know what are some underrated food places or even just types of food that you think tourists or travelers alike should try when they're in Japan? Sure. So I think there are lots of food that you will be experiences uh, for the first time when you visit Japan. But uh, what I'd like to introduce is some of the authentic food that are popular among locals. So the staple food for the Japanese people is a boiled rice. So what people often get for Japanese style lunch is donburi mono, which is a bowl of rice with some toppings or teishoku which is a set menu that usually includes a bowl of rice, a main dish, either meat or fish, small side dishes using vegetables and a bowl of miso soup. So the topping for donburi can be anything from meat to fish to vegetables to tofu. And the noodles in soup are also popular in Japan. So we have udon noodles, which are made of wheat flour. The other type of noodles are called soba, which is buckwheat noodles. And in the summer, we eat thin wheat-based noodles called somen. And of course, we have ramen noodles too. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of times people don't know what to get, right? Or people just assume touristy things. But if people expanded their horizons and just tried something at least once, I think that's fabulous. And my last question before we really wrap up, It's a question I love to ask at the end of every episode. I might word this a little bit differently. The question I typically ask is how would you like people to feel after the experience a tour? But I want to word it with you is how do you want people to feel after they work with you and after they listen to your podcast and really feel immersed in learning and understanding Japan as a whole? Yes, thank you. So through my program and support, I really like people to feel excited and feel ready for their adventure to Japan. But I feel my service is not the end at that point. Uh, I'd like my um, clients and the people who I support um, to actually visit Japan and to take the adventure to Japan. And through the adventure to Japan, I'd like people to feel energized by the new experiences that they have gained. And I'd like people to feel encouraged by their efforts of getting out of their comfort zone to try something new or something uncomfortable. And I would like people to feel enlightened by their discoveries or insight and learnings they have gained during their trip to Japan. I love that. That's awesome. And Miyuki, I really don't like to wrap these up, but you have been sensational and lovely. It's been so nice to get to know you, your background, And really just diving deep into Japan as a whole, I feel understanding customs and manners, why people should travel, just kind of having this overall feeling of going to Japan. And I feel you have this presence and aura about you that can really put anybody at ease. 
to feel really safe and confident in booking their trip to Japan with, of course, your guidance and help. So I absolutely love that. I'd love for you to shamelessly plug away your social media, your website, and most importantly, how can people find your podcast and also to work with you with a one-on-one tour guide? Thank you so much. So my podcast is called Japan Experts, and I have a Instagram called um, the same handle at japan.experts. And my website is simply my name, miyukiseguchi.com. So M-I-Y-U-K-I-S-E-G-U-C-H-I. That's my full name. Um, that Yes. So I hope people, like many people can visit Japan uh, in the future, including yourself. And thank you so much for your all the um, questions. And I was so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It's been lovely to have you. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about, whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online, on our website, at www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.